Everybody, this is Eric Frankhouse from EFP. It is time for my thoughts on GaryCon, Pathfinder 2.0. Man, this con. Let's get into it. So let me just start off with GaryCon itself. This is Gary Content. I've been to all of them since the funeral of the beloved Gary Gygax, and I love them. It's one of my favorite conventions. I travel a lot for them, and this whole episode is going to be about conventions. It's actually going to be mostly about Pathfinder 2.0, but as you can hear, my voice is scratchy, and it's from the craziness that is this convention. So I met uh, a few new people. I had a blast with them. I've got to play a lot of new little games that people are getting ready to do Kickstarters for, Cuba Death is probably my favorite off the bat. Uh, this gentleman, Peter, is doing an amazing job. I'm forgetting the name of his podcast, but I'll look it up and put it in the show notes. Wow. Just wow. It's a great trivia dungeon crawl, all on cards, ready to be played at a bar with friends. It's got two modes of play. Fantastic stuff. On top of that, I got to play Pathfinder 2.0. I'm going to do that as its own segment. Uh, Jason Bullman ran it for us. It was for the Wounded Warriors charity. Also really cool. Gary Khan had a lot of, of people this year that you normally don't see. A, a larger fan audience, or I should say star level audience. A lot of people from Geek and Sundry there. Satine is always there. Top of Satine being there, I think his name is Rory or Roy from Geek and Sundry. Joe, who used to play the Werewolf in True Blood, who's been a critical role. He was there. Pretty cool caliber of people. All super nice. Talk to them briefly, but the convention itself, I'm hoping this was that got too big too quick year because there were a lot of hiccups for me personally. Hiccups with getting my badge and not being able to do it because the site was down through Tabletop, which is Tabletop's fault. My hotel getting lost, which apparently is the hotel's fault. We went through a lot of little loopholes that were kind of bad. And the biggest thing I would love to see this convention do to take it to that possibly my favorite convention is... There needs to be more food options. It's in Lake Geneva out at a at the old Playboy Mansion. So the only thing is there is the on-site food. I wish they'd bring some food trucks in or something because they're not that close to get things. We stayed outside of the place this year with the loss of the hotel. And we were near food. And I got to say, I loved that. So if we can find a way to get that and get the ability to have food closer. Or maybe if Gary Khan had more um, local advertisements for people who deliver so that we could order and know what, what's around the area. For those that don't live out there, that would be amazing. But GaryCon itself is really good. There are so many games going on. They opened up a whole other section this year, similar to how Gamewell had to do with the Alliant Energy Center. It was just big, lots to do, lots of games to play, lots of new stuff. And I got to say, you should check it out if you haven't done it. Maybe skip one of your other cons and try GaryCon in your cycle next year. So that's all I have to say about that. I know normally we do a breakdown on something new, how to teach people, and so on. But instead, today, I'm going to give you my thoughts on Pathfinder 2.0. So, let's talk Pathfinder 2.0. We signed up to play. We played on Friday of the convention. Um, and this is now Monday. And I wanted to... I recorded my own thoughts. I realized I didn't want to put them out. Um, they're... I really enjoyed parts of the game, but overall I feel it is way too early for me to give like a hard judgment, like a 
no, I don't like this game. No, I don't like this. Or no, I love it. It's fantastic. There are parts that I like. Um, With it being new, I will say our characters felt very light on abilities and light on things they could do. Some of them function really cool now, and some of them are... I can tell, I feel like they're works in progress. So let me get into the things I liked first, and then the, the stuff I'm not a fan of, my theories on how I think they're going to end up, and on top of that, where I think they should go if they don't change them. So we didn't get to play all the clip, all the players. We weren't allowed to take any photos during this. This was kind of like a, a soft NDA, like... We're allowed to talk about it afterwards, stats, whatever we want. We can go into great detail if we want. But I don't think that's necessary. You hearing the details and then it changing when you get a hold of it, it's not really going to do anything good for you. So here's what I did. Like, I played the wizard. And the wizard now when they cast, they have the ability to cast more than one spell. Because this is an action economy. By action economy, I mean everyone has three actions. And those can be used to attack, move, so on and so forth. For a wizard, when you cast a spell, each component counts as an action. So if it's verbal and semantic, that's two, and you have one left. So you could cast shield, for example. This is pretty cool. I can see with a lot of spells, having the ability to finally be a wizard and cast something major and minor in the same turn. I would love to see... Well, they Okay, so they did put a metamagic feed in where I could widen my burning hands, but that was the only first level spell I had, and I only could cast it once, and then I could use my focus to recast that costs an action. So everything's an action. You're really just doing the, how do I want to spend my actions appropriately to get the things done that I want? So it still gives you the tactical feel without the crunch of looking up things in the book constantly. So my wizard had that. He could attack, but they're not good at it. And they did something really, which is important to me. When I'm doing a rollout for a company or a rollout for anything, I believe in the idea of... Um, Changing terminology, so people have to remember the new terminology, but making that terminology is similar to the old thing. So, for example, you don't attack anymore, you strike, and that's because each attack can be a strike. And then if you do multiple attacks, it's minus 5 and then minus 10. So if you use all three, you get three attacks, you know, 0, minus 5, minus 10. If it is a certain kind of weapon, uh, you can do them at 0, minus 4, minus 8. Think of two-weapon fighting. That action economy is a cool idea. I really enjoy it, but I just don't know if I want it all the time. And we'll get into that into my not-so-sure stuff. The other thing I really liked, the character sheets were two pages, really clean. They looked a little more like monster stat blocks. I'm excited about that as a GM. I'm My understanding, there is a character sheet. This is just what they're using for beta. Because changing the character sheet over and over is really annoying when you make little tweaks. Because it ripples and takes time. There was a decent amount of choices of things we could do. It, it felt new enough. I want more, though. <laughs> I got the, My positive is it feels like Pathfinder. I could see it being reversible. I could sit down right now with what I had, reverse engineer my original Pathfinder stuff, and play Pathfinder 2.0 in, in this beta state that we played it. Like I said, I, I state again, this is early beta. We're not getting an alpha. This is a play test. You know, so take it as it is. I could reskin my stuff right now and use all my old things. And I know that's part of what they wanted. They didn't want everything to be worthless now. They want people to be able to kind of reverse engineer. I'm excited that the license is going to be OGL again. There was a little confusion at first. They were happy to clear that up. It's going to be OGL. That's awesome. But I just don't... 
I should probably get into the things I just, I'm not sure about. All right. Three action economy. Strike is what attack was. Stride is what move is. It's moved to 25 foot to make it easier. Um, but now they have something where if you have a shield, you have to ready your shield with an action. So one of your three actions goes away. So for example, my friend was playing the paladin. She had to take that action, ready your shield. Now you get your bonus from it. So now you have two actions left. So because you have a shield, you have to ready it every time. Seems very... I don't know, man. Like, I'm hoping there's something to where you're a shield master and you don't have to ready anymore and you don't lose that action with feats. Something along those lines. But having to ready it and lose that is just... I just don't think that's right. I can see if it's a tower shield, maybe having to do that. I can't see it being a normal shield that way. So I'm not a big fan. Now, my fix for it is this. I think if you draw your shield in action the first time, as long as you've done that, is you're now getting its bonus. So I can see you spending an action to have your shield out and readied for combat. And that's it. I don't think you should have to ready it anymore after that. You also, when you cast spells, you're using actions for the verbal somatic. And I do like that. I just want to know how many things are going to become full round actions now. How many are going to take all three verbal somatic material? Is it going to be like the old spells? Are you going to be able to do that? Are you going to be able to make that decision of cast one, buff the shield or whatever? And then I had a lot of cantrips because I'm first level, but the cantrips don't have growth. They're... They're kind of boring. I cast Acid Splash, and it just doesn't it doesn't get things done the way I want it to. Instead of it doing something like 5e does, where your spells go up with you so your zeros don't become worthless, you're stuck with it. You, you cast a d4, and you pray for a critical failure on their end so you can double your damage. And, you know, and that's something I didn't mention. I do like... So now when you roll to hit, a 20 crits, but so does being 10 higher than their AC. It goes back to the old OA days. And I like that. I love the idea of your skill as a character being, being shown through your dice rolls. Now you use your levels for a lot of your modifiers instead. Things like that. But as a wizard, my zero level cantrip, while the DCs go up with me, my, it's my level plus my stat now. That's how they do it. So first level, it's a 15. I don't uh, I don't think I'd use cantrips past level 3. What do I want to do a d4 damage for? So unless they have some form of feat that you can stack on the cantrips to make them better. So maybe that cantrip that takes you a verbal somatic. Then you have a meta magic one that takes an action. And you can pop that and like up your die size. Or something along those lines. I could see that being cool. They did something similar in Mythic. I hope they do something like that for this because as of now I, I don't feel and this is was a common thing at our table we don't feel heroic anymore we feel actually really underpowered and almost sword and sorcery level I know we're casting spells but you feel really dulled down and that's sad so hopefully this is just that early beta syndrome where we don't have all our options we're only seeing what is presented in front of us and that gets remedied that idea of your zero level spells never doing more damage. So that was that. Now, like I mentioned, your DCs go up, it's your it's your stat plus your level. That's kind of cool. But DCs themselves didn't seem to go down. Everything's like that 10 to 15 range at first level, 15 to 20. 
That seems really high, but maybe, again, these are new characters, so we don't know. They did change races to, was it Ancestry? Or Ancestry, I think is what it was. I don't know. They changed the name of races. I don't understand why they did it. Heritage. Heritage is what it is. We'll see why. I, I don't quite get it. I don't know if it was flag raising, race, racism. I don't know. But I don't think it was needed. I, again, this could go into the defining terminology thing, though, where they rename races because they're changing how they function in the game. We didn't see the breakdown for the races, so that could very much be it. What else did I do during this that I really enjoyed and didn't enjoy? Um, there's a lot of reaction stuff you can do now, so every character seems to... Attack opportunities have went away and have now been divided up and given to the players themselves. Like, each class kind of has an attack of opportunity moment they can use, which is kind of cool. Some of them, though, seem extremely situational. For example, the paladin... It's like a retribution strike, but he has to be standing next to somebody. That person who's your, your teammate must be hit and crit, and then you get a retribution strike. So if a monster runs up and hits three times, and it's, you know, a 20 or 10 over your AC, I guess I could see that happening a little more often than not, but I don't know how often. We, we didn't have it happen once, and we were trying to set it up. So I had a low AC, and Kelly was standing next to me at the pallet and trying to set it up, and just, it never happened. So that was a little weird. I'm not quite sure how that works, but that's an easy balance. I think that can be fixed, and maybe as you get higher level, it'll get fished out, but the Paladin, at the same time, I didn't see a Smite. Maybe Smite's not first level anymore. I don't know. What else did we do that was cool? Um, they're now called, there's now no more Attribute Challenges. Instead of Attribute Challenges, everything's a DC you roll against, but also, like Passive Perception, there are other passive DCs. So stealthing, you someone say, what's your DC for stealth? It is the same as perception, like a passive perception. It's 10 plus your total skill. That's kind of cool. I've been doing that in my 5e. I mentioned that in another game that we did the same thing where we let that passive stealth happen until you know something important is needed and then you have to roll. I don't know if that is going to be a part of it. If you're going to have to roll, I do know that, I do know that the DCs were there. And they were used a few times, and the reason they did it is to stop opposed rolling. And that's kind of nice, because opposed rolls are a 20-point sliding scale. So instead of that, giving an average DC and letting the person who is challenging that person's skill roll seems to work pretty well. I, I do really enjoy that part. I'm excited to see how it works further and how they implement that DC system. Sorry if my voice is getting bad here. What else did I do and play in this that I thought was cool, but... Hmm... Um, Brian Berg had mentioned crit fishing. I think that was going to happen. Three attacks. I was going to run up and crit fish and hit as hard as I can and try to crit fish. I think that minus five, minus ten is going to make it really hard to crit fish other than getting a 20. It's minus five and a minus ten means there's a good chance that you're not going to get that ten above their AC. So I'll have to see it and play at higher levels, but we'll figure that out You know when it comes. What I want to know is are we going to get more actions in three? Our class is going to get a an action that has to be used for something. Like maybe later on I may just get a spellcasting action. It has to be used for spellcasting. It cannot be used for anything else. Maybe monks get one for movement, so on and so forth, to kind of amplify what they can do. I can see this happening. Making that action economy um, a little more robust by flexing what each class can do with them and giving them specific ac actions that can be used for specific things. That'll be exciting if that happens. 
Let's see, what else can I talk to you guys about here? You know, I'm just going to give the overall impression. Here's my overall thought. So we're 12 minutes into me talking about Pathfinder. I quit playing Pathfinder quite some time ago. Not that I don't like the system. I loved it. I developed for it. I played it for years. I was an early adopter in a beta. I still have two of the beta books. I'll be getting this one. I love what they do. I love the staff. I love the team. But I just played a beta that made me think, you know, I want a new version. I've been waiting for one. I'm not mad that they're doing a new version. It's been 10 years. I could have done it eight years ago and I would have been excited. I know as a developer, you run out of things to develop for a system. Sometimes you just need to change it the fuck up. And that's what they're doing. And I'm fine with that. I just hope, and I mean this positively, I just hope that whatever we get out of it is different than the original Pathfinder. That it is enough of a change from it that makes me feel I'm getting a new system and an improved system. Right now, I feel like they have been developing this since Unchained, and we're seeing polished versions of Unchained and how they functioned. Like, that was a test bed, which is what my theory was when it came out. And Bowman kind of said that it was. Like, yeah, we test out with new rules, and we're going to see a lot of those rules in this. So, with that said, this is the early beta. I'm excited to see, like, the version 2.0. I'm excited to see more. I would love to get the NDA so I can have a full copy to review and really pull my thoughts together and if I love the game. But for the most part, I'm at to say I need more to make a good decision. And that right now it feels as if it's in working stages. And that's fine. I wish we could have done a Q&A afterwards. I guess the next day at 10 a.m. they had a, a panel where Bowman was answering questions. I don't know what all got answered during that compared to what I played. And then my after-hour talks. So look forward to it, everybody. I mean, it, it's a new version. And these guys, are, they don't fuck around. They never give anything bad. They always put out quality product. So I have faith that the team that are my friends, people that I know, are going to give us something good in the long haul. I just need more for me to believe in what it is right now. So everybody, keep your eyes peeled. Watch out for the Pathfinder 2.0 stuff. I recommend getting into the beta. And if I can get someone on the show to do an interview, I'll see what I can do. We'll get them on, answer some questions. And if you have questions about Pathfinder and Pathfinder 2.0, besides their blog, call in. Let's let's get a conversation started. If there's anything you want to know about that I didn't cover on this show, or if I have more thoughts throughout the week, maybe I'll put those in as well. That's it for me. My voice is shot. The convention was great. Playing the new Pathfinder was very enjoyable. And I'm looking forward to seeing more. So that means you're going to get two shows this week because I'll still be putting one on Thursday or Friday. We did not play these last Sundays, so I didn't have a recording for what has happened in our campaign setting. Um, And I believe I probably will have a recording for you for the post and pre-show later this week. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this. Sorry for the scratchy voice. recording this on my phone for you guys so you can at least get an idea of what Pathfinder 2.0 is. Excited to see where it goes, but I'm not excited about it where it is. It's all for me. Go roll some dice, share a beer, and enjoy this hobby.